travelers, and welcome to another episode of Tales of Tavat, a Genshin Lore podcast. Last week, we talked about the wonderful, beautiful leader of Monsat, Jean Gunhilder. This week, do do do, the doctor is in. We're going to be discussing the very unlikely pair of Papa Baiju, his snake friend that we still are very sus about, and little baby Chichi. Are you looking for some visual medicine for your aching eyeballs? Well, come on over to our site. It's talesoftavat.com, where each episode has its own page filled with all the heels. While you're on our site, make sure you check out links for our past seasons, special episodes, artist spotlights from the community, wallpapers that you can download, and some of our favorite Genshin merch. Let us know what you think of this episode and what you'd like to see in the future by emailing us at talesoftavatpod at gmail.com, following us on Twitter, talesoftavat, or following us on Instagram, Tales of Tavop Pod. While you're at it, feel free to give us a rating on any listening platforms you use so other travelers can find like-minded lore people. Or as like Robbie Damon would say, one of us. And they could find a community. <laughs> but with that being said, today we're talking about Baiju and Chi Chi. And let me tell you, up until like a few weeks ago, I thought Baiju was sus as fuck, and I was not a fan. I still think he's sus. His uh his character story quest. Quest his quest. Quest. That's what I was trying to say. A quest. A quest. A quest. Your brain was thinking queef, and your mind was trying to say quest. <laughs> yes. I mean, he would probably have something for that. <laughs> a queast infection, if you <laughs> Oh my god. With his, with his daughter, Queef Queef. Oh my god. I didn't know this until a, f- a friend of mine who is South Korean, so they speak fluent Korean, and I was talking about, oh yeah, I love Chi Chi. She's like, you love what? And I'm like, <laughs> I love Chi Chi from Genshin, you know, the zombie girl. She's like, you love... And it turns out that Chi Chi means titties. Korean. <laughs> and you were like, well, that fits too. I mean, <laughs> yep. That's what I think of. Maybe this will make you feel better, though, because Chi Chi also means basically 7 7, ancient Buddhism stuff. I like that a lot better. <laughs> which makes sense because there's a ritual when somebody dies that it lasts for 49 days, which is 7 times 7. I like that so much more. Also, Seven is so lucky in Western culture. Okay, so yeah, I was going to bring up first impressions. Oh. <laughs> so, Chi-Chi, first impression was healing. That's great. I, I was like, why is there a zombie and why is Rosaria not the zombie? <laughs> right? You want Rosaria to be a zombie so bad. <laughs> it's not that I want her to be a zombie so bad, but it's like Chi-Chi has a normal fucking complexion where Rosaria literally looks like like someone like killed her and drained the blood out of her body. Well, I mean, maybe <laughs> Rosaria is a vampire and Chi-Chi's the zombie. <laughs> 9,000 She could be a young vampire. Mm-hmm. 8,000. <laughs> <laughs> my first impression of Chi-Chi was like, oh my God, this is the cutest little thing. I was like, <laughs> I just fell in love with her. And when she stands there and the wind blows and she like pulls her little tag that's on her head, uh, it just, it's so cute. She is adorable. Her love of the finches too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to love the finches. <laughs> and also she's got to do her one, two, three. <laughs> her stretches. Two, three, four. Her calisthenics. I'm sleepy. I like, I'm trying to do the Chi Chi voice. I'm not doing very well at it. I can't remember what she says, but was it you, Feeny, or was it Vanessa that had the Vanessa? Yeah, the, the little Chi Chi. The Chi Chi Shuffle. The Chi Chi Shuffle. Chi Chi Shuffle, yes. 
for travelers who are like, what is that? For us, <laughs> the chi-chi shuffle is when you're on a PC and you make her like barely move in walking. So she just seems to like shuffle about. Yeah, like little staccato movements forward. <laughs> we'll link an animated gif of it on our page because it's adorable. My favorite chi-chi-ism is faster? Yeah. Okay. Okay, faster. <laughs> <laughs> Such a mood. I remember back, I think, and Vanessa yelled at me for for saying this, but back in like episode one of season one, like my first impression of Genshin was Chi Chi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had not played any gacha games. I was like basically just, you know, watching the tubes for whatever in like every single commercial because I'm not going (laughs) to, I I don't have ad blocker on my phone. But it was always Chi-Chi. And I was like, God fucking damn it. And fuck this. Chi-Chi. <laughs> and I love her. I have her C1 or C2. My favorite Chi-Chi-ism, to go back to what Brandon said, is warm, fake smile, death. <laughs> I despise Hu Tao. <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. <laughs> Mine is actually, I guess it kind of even goes into with the wind thing that I was saying before, but she says, hold my hand, please. This wind may blow me away. (laughs) I can't do the voice at all. But she's so like afraid that like the wind's just going to get her. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to think of like the best ism. But I mean, faster is is pretty damn good. Yeah. But the, hey, do you know what? Uh, neither do I. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just, Yes. Hello. Perfect. <laughs> Just yes. Well, we've talked a lot about our favorite parts of Chi-Chi, but let's backtrack a little bit into who exactly Chi-Chi is in this game. So Chi-Chi is a zombie, as we, <laughs> we've said, who has been alive for an unknown number of years, but it is said to be hundreds, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. She works at the Boo Boo Pharmacy, in my opinion, as like assistant a director of the Boo Boo Pharmacy, although I don't <laughs> think that's accurate. I think Gwei might be more of the assistant director. Yeah. Gwei's just the assistant. Chi-Chi's in charge. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> and Chi-Chi is also almost like an adopted daughter in a weird way to Baiju, who we're also going to be talking about in this episode. And Baiju is the head doctor slash pharmacist of the Boo Boo Pharmacy slash like CEO. Like, yes, it's his place. It's his business. He went there and opened it with Changshang. Oh my God. Yes. Character number three, Changshang, who says Baiju. <laughs> Baiju. Uh, why don't I think it was Changsheng? I mean, it's spelled Changsheng, Changsheng, but it, they pronounce it Changsheng. Changsheng. Okay, thank you. Depending on the person. <laughs> I mean, I'm still my caller Changsheng, but I'll try. <laughs> and for those who don't know, that is a little snakey snake that lives on Baiju's arm, basically. And honestly, does a lot more than that. Yes, a lot more. And it's a little weird, but I have a full thing on this. We'll talk about that. In, like, inspirations for Baiju and his sweet necklace pal. So, Baiju and Chi Chi, they're both originally from Liwei. Baiju, we know that for sure. Chi Chi, it is presumed because she became a zombie in Liwei, too, which we'll get into in a second. But they met because Baiju, like, found her in the mountains and he decided he was going to take her home, basically, and, you know, use her also because he's obsessed with immortality. Mm-hmm. 
But before we jump into all of their crazy backstory, the Archon line, they are both involved in the Archon. Did we all forget about that? Because I totally had. Did we forget that Chi-Chi carried fucking Zhao like a motherfucker in that one short? That she just carried him all the way to Boo Boo Pharmacy from Wang Shu In. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Well... Okay, I, so I try not to jump too far ahead, but basically there was a video that came out right before Baiju was released that showed Baiju taking care of Zhao in the back room of the Boo Boo Pharmacy. For those of you who don't know, there is a back room you can enter on the pharmacy that is like the doctor's room and where he does his thing. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. It sounds so sorted. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, what's his thing? His <laughs> thing is pretty sorted, honestly. <laughs> And when Zhao wakes up in that bed, Chi-Chi's like, I found you and I carried you here. And basically Bai healed Zhao for an entire day after his karma kind of got the best of him. Which is funny because doesn't Zhao have a voice line about Baiju saying that human medicine has no effect on the Yakshas or whatever? Well, let's remember, though, Baiju doesn't necessarily follow 100% human medicine. Right. It's funny because like he has this voice line about him. And he's like, that medicine won't work on me. But then Baiju heals him anyway. Dun, dun, dun. Baiju's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> But also, it's heavily implied, too, in Baiju's story, which we'll jump into it in a second. But we do run into Zhao at one point during the story. And he's like, oh, shit, you're the Yaksha? Huh. <laughs> he kind of just looks at Zhao like, oh, fuck. And then if you go into Baiju's voice lines, he actually has a voice line about Zhao, where he says he feels bad because he never got to properly introduce himself. And then Changsheng is like, well, it's okay. You've run into him. Obviously, there's no hard feelings. And he's like, yeah, I, I guess. So it's all like wraps up, which is, you know, Hoyle continuously impresses me of how they can put out media years apart and it all still fucking comes together somehow. But Chi-Chi doesn't know Zhao, by the way. Because like, he's kind of like, well, shit, if I knew that he was the Adepti, I would have studied him more too. And she's just like, well, uh, you you can you still can. And he's like, oh, you know, <laughs> like, how do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> you ask politely with almond tofu. Mm, the taste of dreams. So I guess let's take a moment then to jump into Baiju's storyline because it's pretty important. And we've already alluded to a few things in it. So Baiju's storyline, we start off in Leeway and we decide to go to the pharmacy for whatever reason. And as we're walking up to the pharmacy, there's a little boy named Ayo, I believe. And he is talking with Gui and Chi-Chi. And he's all upset because his dad is lost. And he really rambled for a very long time before he got to the point. <laughs> but basically, his his father is sick. And he knows that his father is sick. He has like a wacky memory thing. And his mom went out to get something to help him. He assumes herbs. His mother never came back. So he brought his father to the city to see Dr. Baiju. And he went to ask a Millith member for help, like getting directions. And when he turned around, his father was gone. Mm -hmm. Which the little boy immediately goes to Millilith and is like, hey, can you help me find my dad? And they're like, we're really short staff. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what is this monster? <laughs> you want help, kid? <laughs> Go find Timmy. <laughs> I just have so many questions about the Millilith being like short staff because first off, we see them everywhere. Everywhere. 
And they ain't doing shit. Yeah, what are they doing? How are they short-staffed? Like, you have so many people. They're doing their daily walks. They're digging around in the chasm. That's what I felt. I was like, maybe they're in the chasm. That was my thought, too. fell in. (laughs) Or, like, now that the chasm is, like, quote-unquote safer, like, they might be down doing shit in there and they just haven't physically, like, announced it in the game. Yeah, they're, like, mining. They're trying to get rich. But I thought that was sus. I was like, excuse me. I also like that they just said that to a child. Like, oh, you lost your father? Fuck you. Literally, they're like, too damn bad. Sucks to suck. There's, this whole place is full of orphans. What, do you think you're special? <laughs> <laughs> the kid just starts hysterically crying. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of crying, this kid said, fuck you guys. I'm going to take care of myself. He heads over to the Boo Boo Pharmacy where he asks Gwei and Chi Chi for help. And we kind of walk up and we're like, yo, we'll help you. And then Baiju comes over. And Baiju, first off, is called Uncle Baiju by the kid. And at first I thought that was just like a formality thing. But then <laughs> Changsheng scoffs at it. I was like, yo, this is fucked up. <laughs> what does that mean? That is like a thing they call like their elders who are not old enough to be like grandma. <laughs> they tend to call them auntie and uncle. But it makes sense anyway, because I use mom is a contemporary of Baiju's, which we find out later. Yes. And do we think the kid knew that? I don't know. I took it as the whole auntie thing. Yeah. Um, Big sis. Oh, that's what it usually is. Big sis. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if it was more just like I would call any, you know, doctor person of authority this, or if it was literally because he was aware that Baiju and his mother knew each other. Also, I know that Boo Boo is has like an actual meaning but when i first heard it because i didn't look at like the transcription at the bottom of the game i was like boo boo pharmacy that's so funny because like i have a boo boo (laughs) i know i did too i was like yeah like was it intentional i don't know i don't know either it sounds stupid it sounds ridiculous to like (laughs) to us you know i don't know yes about other cultures but us it's like oh boo boo you do have a boo boo go to the doctor (laughs) yeah it sounds like chi chi named it right yeah (laughs) But anyway, so then Baiju offers to help and we find out that Baiju actually knows the mom who is Jiang Li and the dad is Jian Liang. Jia, yeah, Jia Liang and Jiang Li. Like they couldn't possibly have given made it more confusing. Yeah, why did they have to have similar names? I thought at first we were going to find out they were like brother and sister and I was going to have a lot of questions, but... Surprise incest. As always in this (laughs) damn game. But I thought it was really cute. As they're about to go out, if you talk to Chi Chi, she says, family is very important. And I was like, oh, but your family's probably dead, Chi Chi. (laughs) She doesn't remember that. (laughs) So then, you know, uh, we agree to go help and we go out looking for the dad. And first we talk to some more members of Millilith. And the Millilith is like, yeah, we're really glad that you've offered to help. Because we're, like, really low on people right now. But we think he might have gone this way. And I'm like, okay, fuck you too. Bye. And we leave. And we see the dad. And the dad, dead ass, almost walks off a cliff in this, like, weird, foggy, distance world in his head. Almost like he's sleepwalking or something. Yeah, he's in, like, a trance or something. And then who pops up and saves him? Chi-Chi's arch nemesis. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to have an arch nemesis, Hu Tao's a good one. I love Hu Tao. I feel bad that I like Hu Tao as much as I do. Where is the rap battle between Hu Tao and Chi Chi? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Chi Chi would just go, the finches. Chi Chi would just like pick up the mic and go, peace. 
no she goes death Hutu. but Hutu basically saves this guy and she's like what the fuck is wrong with you why were you doing that except she says we appreciate your patronage but you hadn't hastened the inevitable and i was like damn i love it i love it she's like that's okay we'll get you eventually yeah you're gonna pay up and then when she sees baiju she calls him her worst nightmare (laughs) like a little dramatic (laughs) because he's trying to stay alive and she's just like that's not good for my business which is the reason why she doesn't like chi chi either zombies that don't die you know you know it it gets a lot deeper than that we find out yeah yeah it's weird because hu tao you you can figure out if you do enough digging that hu tao really just has these strong beliefs about the cycle of life and death and how that's kind of sacred to her so she's always trying to keep that balance. But on the outside, it just kind of looks like she's like hungry for business. <laughs> Definitely. Like, I need more dead people to, you know, so I can charge their family members r- ridiculous prices <laughs> to bury them. So Hu Tao's business aside, Hu Tao starts talking with us and she mentioned something about Baiju's master, which of course set off a lot of alarms in my head. Why do you know that? And who tells this? And they all in the lines of like, I spotted the signs of what's wrong with this person right away. But I figured you were going to use them for your own good. They basically both admit to us that Zhang Liang has God remains in his system and that those remains are on the verge of an outburst, which reminded me a little of Star Rail with the uh, Stellaron within you. Oh, no. Mm, it reminded me of Kale and the Archon Residue. Like God remains. Anytime I see God remains, I'm like, is that Archon Residue? Yeah. It also made me think of Zhao. Because, like, that's the karma that he's always dealing with, right? Sort of, yeah. Baiju was out before Smear, right? No. Well, he was... We see him briefly, but... Yeah, yeah but, like, wasn't... his character, his story quest and stuff... Well, you guys would have known Kali with her God Remains from the manga. I was trying to think, like, did I think of that as well? But I wouldn't have known Kali's God Remains until Smear opened. So, and I did... Baiju's story quest as soon as he came out because I I don't like notifications (laughs) yeah his story quest was after Kale like I'm I'm almost like why didn't that like like have like a little thing in my head of like what the fuck are they talking about God remains but yeah I would have already known yeah because they didn't really get into that in Kale's storyline in the game that much like they allude to her being experimented on but you don't really know that it was like quote-unquote archon residue whatever that is Okay. Even her like voice lines don't really say too too much about it. There's the one voice line she says where she gets mad at a book for having like the power sealed within me. And she's like, "That's a load of garbage." She like <laughs> slams the book shut. <laughs> I'm hoping we'll get a Kale hangout. Yeah, yeah. They should all have a hangout. Yeah, that's also true. But back to Hu Tao. <laughs> so. Baiju is like, yeah, I, I saw the god remains too. Don't worry, we're going to figure it out. And he actually says that it was his late master's dying wish, Jiang Liang's life to be saved. And we're like, what the fuck? And that's when Hu Tao's like, oh, you're bringing up my great uncle? And I was like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> when the fuck? Yeah. So then we find out basically that the person who trained Baiju in his medical skills is Hu Tao's grandfather's brother brother we all know that Hutao's grandfather is a big deal for her mm-hmm. and we don't really get too many details in the moment but she's like all right let's go back to the pharmacy we got to get this what guy healed up and well 
In which case, Hutao's like, oh, I'm invited? I thought I was persona non grata at the pharmacy. And I'm like, wow, there's a there's a tension in leeway that I did not realize was this deep. Yeah. I thought it was just Hutao. Go ahead, sorry. I'll... Like, he's literally helping people not die. Yeah, but that's not what Hutao's against, you know? I like, know. So why, why is she so, like, about him? Also, at this point, Chongsheng says that Hutao is vexing, and it, I just, I love the word vex. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that just really stood out. Vexing. Vexing. <laughs> Baiju. Baiju. Yeah, she's like, Baiju. 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 <laughs> you know what's funny? At first I thought, whenever someone says Baiju, I think of Baiju, the actual, like, really nasty clear liquor that I actually, I have. Oh. What is that? I don't know what that is. So it's, I, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but it's kind of, it's a clear liquor, and it has a weird, cheesy, but licorice aftertaste. Oh. It's Cheese not... and licorice? I that know. sounds disgusting. It's, yeah, it, it I, I don't be. want this. Trust me, you, you, you do not. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's very weird. It's kind of got a reputation of being, like, the worst <laughs> like, thing ever. But I'm, like, also... I don't know, man. It wasn't. As bad I feel as like I need to get this and bring it to the holidays with my family this year. And I know. <laughs> I, I feel like I need to try it just so I can know how disgusting it is. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, some people think it's insane, like bleh, disgusting. And then Drew, my significant other, is like, "This is the best shit. This is so interesting. This flavor palette." And I'm like, "Honey, you're like, no, <laughs> please, please, no." Please not. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So when we get back to the funeral parlor, this is when we get some more tea about Hu Tao, which really at this point, I felt like I was in Hu Tao's story again, <laughs> learning about her. But basically, we find out that back in ye old day, Wang Sheng Funeral Parlor was founded to fight back against the vengeful wrath of God that had been defeated in war. Now, they don't necessarily say whether this was the Archon War or the Cataclysm. They just say war in general. Which the first thing that came to my mind was how can you not ship Zhao and Hu Tao when they are both here to fight the vengeful wrath of gods defeated in war? I'll tell you how. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how it's possible. They were they're literally destined to be together. <laughs> Until Hu Tao meets Kazuo. Well Ew, yeah, no. that's true. No. I'm, I'm still <laughs> all on the the Zhao is oh, has his whole heart on his sleeve for the traveler. No. I just think he has a soft side for the traveler, like most people in this game. I feel like we put a curse on everyone. 
unintentionally to love us. But anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> we find out too that her ancestors, like in order to fight back against this wrath, they were purifying the air. They were burning bodies of the deceased, which honestly sounds like they created karma <laughs> and created bad shit too, because burning bodies, putting evil spirits in the air, doesn't sound like a good time to me. Well, yeah, but this was probably during that time it was probably like when there were like plagues and disease everywhere because of the god remains so they were probably cleaning the air and saving a lot of lives by doing it absolutely and basically she says that their whole goal was to guard the border between life and death which we've heard hu tao talk about a lot we find out that baiju's master was a former deputy director of the funeral parlor and was in fact hu tao's grandfather's younger brother he happened to meet a pharmacist in Chen Yu Vale, which is an unreleased location in Liwei. Though people do have their assumptions of where it's located in Liwei. If you were to look at a Liwei map, people think that it's probably like to the left, like the top left of Minlin. Because if you go over as far as you can, kind of near like where mount hulao and stuff like that is that like where chinkse village is no chinkse village is a little further north closer to mondstadt which chinkse village i have a whole bunch of questions about too after this <laughs> quest which we'll get to in a second <laughs> but basically crazy we found out all this really interesting lore and basically find out that after hu tao's uncle met this pharmacist in chen yu vale he decided that he was going to leave the family business and go and practice medicine instead and Uncle and grandfather had a huge blowout and afterwards never spoke again. And basically, Hu Tao says that her grandfather felt that pharmac the pharmacist had a very ominous aura and said that the Chen Yu Vale tradition goes against the natural order of things. Hu Tao then suggests that Baiju is obsessed with immortality and that he is able to suppress an evil presence. And I thought that that's when I got the Sinokale comparison too. It's like, did Sino study under someone from Chen Yu Vale at some point? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 possible, uh, depending on, you know, location. Yeah, I have a lot of questions about that, because we don't know a lot about Sino's childhood. Like, it's totally possible that he went that yeah. way. And Changsheng is from Chen Yu Vale, too, we find out, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, I think she's right. Like, there's something going on in that area regarding like you know life and death not following the normal trajectory right and we do find out at the very end of baiju's storyline during a cutscene that basically everyone from the beginning of time who has been in baiju's position specifically which we will explain in more detail in a minute have all died young because they've been doing these like life-saving measures for other people but we'll get there in a minute so after all this happens, you know, Baiju is able to heal Xiang Liang and everyone's really impressed at how quickly he does it. And he's a little worse for wear. He doesn't look great. He's had a headache. He looked like me after like three hours in the office. He was like, oh, <laughs> get me out of here. I need a time. It's me like every day I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've got to do this again. When the sun, the sun glimmers through the shades in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I like, though, that people are, like, weary of that part of him, like, because he falls ill often. Mm -hmm. And they're like, how is this frail man, like, saving other people? And he's, like, falling all over sick. I know. Chi-Chi even has a line where she says, I'm a zombie, but I'm still in better shape than Baishu. <laughs> <laughs> 
even though he can fight in Spiral Abyss, this man is constantly not well. And right now is one of those moments that he is not well. And he kind of takes a step out to get air at Changsheng's guidance, in which case she kind of bitches to him outside and is like, you have to tell at least the traveler, like, at least you trust them. Like, you can't keep acting like this, and, like disappearing, being sick. And then they hear our footsteps and they're like, who's there? And we're like, it's just us, the beautiful, glorious traveler, as per usual. <laughs> in which case, Baiju spills his guts and tells us that everyone who has, you know, Baiju's master, Baiju, Baiju's master's master, XYZ, they have all had a contract with Chongsheng to use her quote-unquote art in order to treat patients, and that they specifically use Chongsheng as a delivery medium. I'm assuming that meant that she, like, bites them, but I'm not 100% sure. Oh, really? I didn't think there was a bite involved, but Oh, you maybe. think they just, like, touch? Or that it just goes through the air. <laughs> it's just magic happening. Oh, I was like, delivery medium. Okay, something must be happening. <laughs> I was like, this sounds like an action step. A different type of action step. <laughs> and outside of this, we find out that, you know, they didn't actually cure Jiang Liang. And we find out that he was actually poisoned. And that the poison he was ingesting was God remains. And they were like the main ingredient for it. So Baiju hasn't actually healed him. He has sucked some of the life force out of him and then given Zhang Liang some of his own life force, which is what Chang Sheng allows him to do. Yeah, she basically sucks the bad health out of him and gives it to Baiju, <laughs> just transfers it on over to Baiju. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> <She does. laughs> but eventually like from my understanding baiju does get like back up to speed right and that's like kind of the whole point of chong chong too yeah and like he has a lot of herbs that he doesn't actually use in for his patients they're actually for him to kind of make himself feel better too he's treating himself as you know as a patient while he's doing that as well Mm-hmm. Has he ever tried G Fuel? <laughs> oh no, he should, because goddamn. <laughs> if not, he needs some ghost. Because he looks like a ghost. And I know this is a biased thought that I had, but Changsheng also mentions that she helps to balance Baiju's chi, which immediately made me think of Yin Yang. And I was like, can she help Shang Yun? <laughs> I don't think it's exactly the same, though. I was close enough in my head. I was like, you, I was like, you can do it. Go oh, there's an boy. imbalance. You can help him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, has she ever talked to him? I just took that as like she tempers the severity of the illness that she's sort of transferring over to him, which is why he has he's not dead yet, but it's still slowly accumulating. Like, that's why all of the people that have had a contract with her die young. Because even though like she can transfer like a really serious illness out of someone and into him. She's still like making it way less severe so that they don't die. He doesn't die from it, but it's still like accumulating, like it's still being added into his body. And we actually find out that Changsheng was very well respected by the Adepti when she was like in her heyday, but that as of right now, she actually needs to have a contract with a mortal in order to survive. And Baiju basically admits that, you know, he plans to be the last contract holder. Mm-hmm. He's almost being like a martyr. And that's why he's a little more wishy-washy with his life, too. Like, he's almost willing to test the edge, like, test those means in ways that others before him didn't, which is weird. 
he's ready to fucking die i know it's sad like he's a little espresso depresso over there (laughs) and i get it like his family died of a plague when he was young i'm sure that wasn't easy but still i feel like Changsheng created the plague but anyway (laughs) so we also find out in this moment that jiang li the mother of io who you know remember she's still missing this entire day that we've been healing the father that she actually was a disciple of Baiju's master as well. But that one day her and the master had a huge blowout and she like ran away and was never seen again. Now, do we know what that argument was? We do, yes. Oh, we do. I forgot about that part. So that's why I'm like... Yeah, so in the ending cutscene, we find out that the argument was actually about healing Jiang Liang, which we'll talk about in a second. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, at this point, you know, we're talking with Changsheng and Baiju, and I don't know, Paimon got really upset about something, and she was like, that's it, I'm giving you both nicknames. Mm-hmm. She nicknames Baiju Mannequin Man. <laughs> Does look like a mannequin. And she nicknames Changsheng Pain in the Neck. Which she is. Which is hilarious, because yeah. she's... This is after she... She had told Baiju that she thought that Changsheng was just his strange choice of a necklace. <laughs> She's like throwing major shade at Changsheng. Then, but then Changsheng sends it right back when she's like, yeah, and this is why you can never sign a contract with me. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they basically say like that Changsheng needs someone who is like very calm to be like the contract holder. <laughs> Not right. Paimon. Honestly, I would be terrible, too. <laughs> and they reveal around this point that the poison that Jialiang has in a system is basically alive and that it's the way it operates is that there's a mother load of the poison and a minor load and that the mother loads of God remains can control the minor loads. So the people that are infused with the minor loads are naturally drawn to the mother load, which explains why Jialiang at the beginning of this quest was like almost like sleepwalking and almost walked off a cliff because his body was naturally being drawn to wherever the mother load of this poison is. So at this point, we decide we have to go out to Chinsei village, which is where this family lives and we have to do some investigating and Baiju says that you know he does go out to Chinsei village quite often because every lantern right he does a clinic out there which I was like yes that's great Mm -hmm. and he was like I've never noticed them there like I'm surprised I've never found these people that I know and we go and we investigate around their house which I never noticed that there was a house there (laughs) I don't know if any of you had ever noticed that but Mm -hmm. I sure as hell had never noticed no i didn't (laughs) and at this point we like go and we investigate the house and we find in a crazy specific secret compartment in a box outside of their home the poison but um a small version of it like brandon was saying not the mother but then they're also like wait wait, that means that someone that lives around here was poisoning jialiang and so then they're all like um uh, there's only one person it could have been and that's his wife Mm -hmm. who's missing (laughs) so now we're like okay wife is poisoning husband great and we need an adepti so paimon and travel link eyes and they're like (laughs) and he appears right away this is what baiju is like oh (laughs) you're an adepti 
<laughs> and this is where like they really full circled that whole moment where it was like, oh, Baiju remembers helping Zhao, but not knowing who the hell he was. Yeah, I didn't even pick up on that because I didn't remember the lantern right part. So that's cool. I always remember it because of all the memes of Chi Chi carrying Zhao. <laughs> that's also all I remembered. So it was like <laughs> Chi Chi strong AF. Yeah, it was like buff Chi Chi. <laughs> So Zhao is like, well, you know what? You're right. <laughs> we find out that there's a vile monster buried underneath Chinsei Village, which no one knew about except for Zhao, because of course Zhao would have those facts. We also find out that this monster had been subdued by Rex Lapis. Of course he was. And that the land around Chinsei Village was supposed to have been cleansed of any poison when the Statue of the Seven was built, it sounded like. Which... Also, what? <laughs> I get a lot of questions <laughs> about that. Uh, and that the serpent's remains had been sealed. And that that seal is still pretty valid and pretty strong. Like, Zhao doesn't think there could be any issues there. So he feels like there might be some blood dripping out of it somewhere in the underground. Which, like, what the fuck? I know. It also made me think of Durin. Mm-hmm. So then we're like, oh shit, we return back to Boo Boo Pharmacy where we find out that Jiang Liang is not doing great again and Baiju has to heal him again. And at this point, we find out that it's not that the poison, while it is poison, was actually saving his life because he has a congenital heart condition. And basically the poison was helping to subdue the heart condition and give him a longer life. So even though the side effects would be like issues with memory and motor functions and stuff like that, it would still keep him alive longer. For his son. So that he would, yeah, so that he could watch his son grow up. (laughs) So sad. Yeah. Also at this point, I forget who says it, but they say that humans have no natural defense against God remains. And I don't know, that just feels like it's going to be very important. Mm -hmm. And at that point... Everyone becomes really worried for Jiang Li because now they're kind of making assumptions of the fact that she must have been going to get more poison because the dad wasn't doing well. And she's been missing a couple days now. So they're like, oh, shit, she's been subdued probably by the poison and she's been exposed to it for way too long. So we really need to get her. And also the entire time Hu Tao is creeping in the background, like her her favorite pastime. And she this time she wasn't just trying to find Chi Chi. Oh, yeah, or like spy on Kazwa talking with Kaching. Like she was like actually <laughs> listening in, which ends up turning out really well for us. So Zhang Liang is like, you know what? I've lived a long enough life. I'm going back to my house and I am helping you find my wife. You know, I don't want her to die. And he's basically openly admits that he's going to sacrifice his life to save his wife. And they go and they're eventually, they follow him and they're able to find a tunnel. It seems to be an old treasure hoarder tunnel. And they realize that the only way to save Zhang Li's life is to destroy the god remains. Mm-hmm. Because she apparently she was poisoned and she's just like passed out in the cave next to the god remains. It was very dramatic. <laughs> and, you know, they come to the like moment that Zhang Liang, you know, is gonna die yeah and it's so sad because paimon gets very upset (laughs) yeah anytime someone dies she gets really sad yeah and they realize that they have to destroy the god remains in order to save jiang li but getting rid of the mother load of the poison will make the minor load stop working which means that the poison that has been keeping jia liang alive 
the husband will suddenly stop working and that he'll die. So it's very much like you got to choose which one is going to live. And so, yeah, that's when, when Paimon realizes that that's the choice, she gets really, really upset. Yeah. I know that Paimon is like a baby, (laughs) but I feel like there's something deeper about the fact that she keeps getting so upset over death. Like she's more upset than the traveler when people die. And the mm-hmm. traveler's truly just trying to find her stupid brother or sibling, whoever you play as. Yeah, I think it makes Paimon more human in a way. Like she has this compassion. She might not grasp the things very quickly because she's always like two steps behind when we do find these kind of things out. But mm-hmm. she's very compassionate toward people. And I, almost that makes her a little bit more human in my mind. Mm-hmm. Is it wrong to say that she feels very baby like she's not you know these these ideas and of death and you know of people like having to make these hard choices it kind of seems like this is new to her each and every time it happens like oh my god yeah she has like a childlike reaction to things like that which kind of makes it more apparent of how fucked up of a choice it is because i mean like not to to bring me even more sadness but it's like julia's choice or who the fuck sophie's choice <laughs> somebody had a julia's choice. choice julia <laughs> some bitch julia down the child. street she had to decide julia child's choice <laughs> <laughs> shall i kill the lobster or the chicken <laughs> i mean paimon would hate that choice she'd want both <laughs> But it's, you know, a great juxtaposition of just how devastating this is. And it's, who do you say in that situation where you love two people so much? Yeah. Well, I mean, he takes, Jian Liang takes the choice out of it because he's like, I mean, it's pretty obvious that like he's got to save the wife because he's living on borrowed time anyway. Yeah. His two situations aren't all that great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's either like, be the reason my wife dies or die. And then as they destroy the god remains, his like vision starts sort of fading out. And like the last thing that he sees is Jiang Li like waking up and like running over to him as he's dying. Very, very upsetting. Very Romeo and Juliet-esque. Yes. But, yeah. you know, not with the misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Well, then here's <laughs> when you throw in the millennial slash Gen Z twist on Romeo and Juliet. When we go into our next scene, Jiang Liang wakes up as a fucking zombie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he chi-chied himself. Yes, oh, he, zombie he got number chi-chied, two. Yeah. Yeah, he got chi-chied for real. Which, super cute. When the scene ends, you have to go like outside at one point. But if you talk to him, Chi-Chi is giving him advice on what to do as a zombie now. She's like, I got a few tips for you. <laughs> She's like, you gotta stretch. <laughs> Read this diary. I have all of your instructions written out. <laughs> but she, yeah, she created a, an elixir of immortality for him, right? Which is like a crude imitation of the same art that saved her or brought her back as a zombie many years ago. There is a mythology regarding the eight immortals where they have a gourd <laughs> that is called like the the cure of all cures, the 
the elixir of life, which happens to be Baiju's constellation. Oh, interesting. Oh, shit, really? Mm -hmm. What's his constellation? So his constellation is called Laganaria, but it's a a gourd. So it's like, it's, it's a gourd. And at first, when I looked at it, I was like, this is the gourd that one monk drinks sake out of in Inuyasha. Because I'm absolutely going to reference Inuyasha in this shit. (laughs) (laughs) So part of that is the reference of the eight immortals. And that is specifically several different people of Chinese mythology. And they're like set around the Tang or Song dynasty. And it's it's regarding Taoist and popular element secular Chinese like culture. And the one Baiju is based around is called Li Tehua. I don't know. So I apologize. It can't be any worse than what I do. (laughs) But he's one of the eight immortals who is always described as being very ill-tempered, but always sick and needy. He's suffering. He's always like, I'm in so much pain. He's an old man. Oh my God. But he's got this calabash gourd, which is a type of gourd filled with basically the elixir of life. And it can cure any illness. Mm Mm-hmm. He's, which is also mentioned in the myth of the, the the legend of the white snake that is the inspiration for Baiju in Changsheng. And what is the legend of the white snake? So the legend of the white snake is, I was about to say once upon a time, <laughs> but in truth, so once upon a time, there is this like little kid, he's a little kid and he finds one of the eight immortals and they give him like a pill <laughs> or like they drop a pill that's an immortality pill eats them and he's like ha 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 i've done it and one of the eight immortals likes okay kid enough of that takes him to a bridge turns him upside down and kind of shakes him so he like spits out the pills and under that bridge was this you know body of water with a white snake spirit and mm. they ended up eating <laughs> said pill of mortality along with a green snake and the white snake is by zhu xian the fucking shit ass kid was zhu xian um but by zhu xian you know became this young woman and she helped her kind of like best bud who was a green snake jiao xing and they became these beautiful women and like turns out it was 18 years later and the fucking shit kid is now an adult, and he and the white snake fall in love and make this pharmacy. I'm dead. It, this is too specific. It's it's very <laughs> specific. But the thing is, they're you know they're making all this stuff, and at some point during a festival, the the shit kid who's now an adult, Zhu Xian, convinces Bai Shu Xian to drink alcohol. And then her appearance of being a woman drops and she's a white snake. And he di- He dies of shock. Just oh, wow. dead. Dead. I'm like, the fuck? Is this a comedy? It's technically a tragedy, but I'm going to say it's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so she and her best bud, the green snake, Xiao Xing, go and find a particular herd that's supposed to bring him back to life. There's a lot more to the story because the white snake is pregnant and like there's some weird shit that goes on <laughs> with um a turtle because a the turtle? way 
Yeah. <laughs> the snakes beat up this turtle for the Im- immortality pills. And he ends up being, you know, the main villain of this. But it, what's funny to me is that it's all surrounding the core, like, mythology of the eight immortals it starts with the eight immortals mm-hmm. and kind of ends with some shenanigans <laughs> regarding that a lot of people like depending on the iteration of the tale like the green snake can be the villain who's like you know what no you can't go against the gods you can't revive somebody so who tell <laughs> <laughs> so who tell, yeah but i think the original were at least the what is considered the original tale is that Zhao Xing helps Bai Shushin basically help her revive her husband. And that's why I've always thought, once I learned about that, that Bai Zhu is the stand-in for Zhao Xing, because this immortal white snake, like, why have these contracts? What's the end goal here? Are they using the life force they're sucking of these people in a way? supposed to help you know someone that she might have loved and that is dead well that's what we find out in you know the story of jiangli and jialia <laughs> mm-hmm. and well, like how this all sort of reveals like the nice cutscene that we get that explains exactly what's going on with changsheng yeah so right before we get there um you know we just found out that jiangliang is a zombie and that chi chi made the elixir of immortality like you mentioned brandon and Baiju tells us that he understands very little about life and death. And that, and then he also tells us he knows very little about Yang and Yang energy, which was a little disappointing for me. <laughs> I was like, damn it. Kind of saved his life. Anyway, <laughs> so Jiang Li figures out that uh, Baiju actually used Jian Liang's poison on himself. And he, he was able to figure out by using it on himself how to treat it which like omg literally does not care about his life at all yeah Li takes us outside to talk and this is when we actually find out what her argument with their master was and basically Li left chen yu vale to start a family and raise their son and have get married whatever it was and she soon found out about her husband's heart condition and she was actually bringing her husband to their master monthly i believe to get healed and she could see the life force basically being dragged out of him at all times. And she went up and she had this moment and she got into this argument with him and she was like, I don't want you to heal my husband anymore. I need to find a different way because I cannot pick between lives. She basically says, I, like, I'm not a god. I don't get to make these decisions. And I'm watching you, someone I care about dearly, wither away and die because you're protecting and saving someone else that I love and care about. Mm -hmm. Who's going to die anyway. (laughs) Right. And she also suggests that everyone who works in this field ends up in a short lifespan because they give it up to save others. And she really does seem worried and concerned about Baiju and his health. I love how she goes from like a murderous wife to like, I was just trying to help. Like just wanted to save people. Right. It's like it cha- changes so quick. Like you you hate her, then you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then later on, we get to talk with Baiju, and that's when he says that basically his job is to be the last contract person and basically to kill Changsheng. But then he talks a little bit more about immortality. But he does mention that the gods of old even struggled to achieve true 
immortality. Dun dun dun. <laughs> and we got a beautiful cutscene <laughs> that showed all the different <laughs> masters and stuff like that. And also, really mm-hmm. fun fact: in this cutscene, we see Baiju taking on the contract, and his eyes go from like this really pretty pinkish color to yellow. Yeah, and isn't that also how he received his vision by taking that contract and saying? I'm the last one. Like when his eyes changed over, like I think they say like he opened his eyes and the first thing he saw was a shiny vision. Well, it's I don't know if they were just being artsy with the cutscene, but in the story, in his story, his character story, he gets his vision after his master has already died. Mm -hmm. So I was assuming that he had already taken the contract, but he's standing at his master's tombstone and basically vows at that point that to himself that he will be the final person to take the contract and that's when he receives his vision the moments later he opens his eyes and they're yellow and that his pupil is now vertical and you know like so but i was confused about that too like did his pupil become like that after taking on the contract or was it when he got the vision or is it you know what i mean like was that just sort of sloppiness yeah or more a little more artistic when they did the cutscene to make it look nicer a little unclear Mm. you know i'm not sure but i feel like if I had to think of logic, which never really works out well in Tiva anyway, logic would say to me that when he formed a contract with a snake, that would happen. But like I said, logic never usually happens in this freaking game. So <laughs> I don't know how accurate my logic would even be. I know, because I'm like, what are people's appearances changing when they get their vision? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's vision related as much as it's the, sna- the snake on his neck. Right, like his eyes look snake-like it's gonna be because of the contract that he made with the snake yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah that's baiju storyline it's a lot so also just to make one thing clear as to like his motivations so baiju's master wanted baiju to find out how to keep all these doctors that go into contract with changsheng from passing away early so that's sort of like this mission that he inherited from him but baiju you know his whole reason for seeking out immortality is because even if he's the last one to have this contract and that the contract ends with him and doesn't get passed on to anyone else that would mean that chong shung would die so that's a big part of his motivation on trying to establish immortality because if he can stay alive forever then he gets to keep chong shung alive but that also means that he doesn't have to pass on this short lifespan situation onto anyone else and he can just keep on healing everyone and not have to worry about screwing with other people's lives. Not to bring this back to Inuyasha, but that this highly reminds me of, of Moroku with the with the, the wind, wind tunnel. tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And like if I if I'm the one who can't beat Naraku, all my kids are gonna fucking be dead. For reference, there's a character in Inuyasha, Moroku, and he has been cursed with this thing called a wind tunnel on his hand. And so literally, like, if he doesn't have these, like, sacred beads over his hand, he has a a, a fucking tunnel on his hand that sucks everything up. It's a black hole. It goes zoom, zoom. And he's told, like, if he has kids while having that, they're going to be born with it, too, basically. Well, not unless he can kill the person who kind of, like, cursed them, which is the the big bad evil guy in Araku. But that's why he's always asking everybody to bear his child. Yeah, he's a little creepy at times. This is very interesting when you think about Chi-Chi, 
And as we mentioned, you know, Chi Chi created this like potion that bring back a zombie. And it suggested that that's basically the human version of what the Adepti used on Chi Chi. So maybe we should talk a little bit about Chi Chi's story. Not that she has a story quest, but we know her story. Her story is so sad. But what sort of the summary of like how she became a zombie is that hundreds of years ago, she was picking herbs up in the mountains and she hurt her leg in a fall. So she goes into this cave to bandage up her leg and to rest. And then she realizes that, whoops, I accidentally entered the realm of the Adepti. And not only that, but they are having a really nasty fight with a bunch of demons. And she found herself caught in between them and was like literally caught in the crossfire of this like insane fight and she this is actually when she receives her vision because she knows that she's about to die because of everything that's happening so she she begins to cry and keep in mind she's like how old at this point eight years old or something so she's she starts crying because she don't she realizes as an eight-year-old that she's about to die which is like terrifying Mm -hmm. and then she starts wishing to herself that she could freeze time because she starts thinking about you know if i could just like go back and like protect everyone and my family and all of this and so that grants her a vision moments before her death and then the adepti which i mean i guess they just saw her too late or something they see that chi chi's desire to you know to want to freeze time they see that as also wanting to protect the past they see that really as an illumination uh quote unquote illumination and you know they are the illuminated beasts so just after her death they each decide to impart a piece of their strength to bring her back to life so the the adepti basically fell in love with her on the spot and we're like we can't let her die because of the you know our fight with these demons so they all like give up a little piece of themselves to bring her back but unfortunately their adeptal energy was too much for her little baby chi chi body and so she wakes up in a berserker state don't you want to see chi chi berserker chi chi yes i do (laughs) but along with berserker chang yun too yeah (laughs) yeah like that'd be a party and apparently so dangerous in her berserk state that Mountain Shaper, which is one of the Adepti, he ends up sealing her in amber because he has the power to do that somehow. So <laughs> she gets sealed in amber. Hundreds of years pass and she ends up being discovered by humans. And then they are like, what's this about? Let's take this back to town and check it out. And so they throw her in a cart and start like transporting her away. But she wakes up after, I guess, they like dig out the amber or whatever, and she ends up escaping from the amber. And then she's so disoriented and confused that she basically just goes back to her most familiar habit, which is picking herbs in the mountains. And so that's what she's doing when she's finally discovered by Baiju. Which I just have like a wild question. Why was she granted a vision as she died? Like, why would they do that? Yeah. Like, how did they know she was going to keep it? Like, was it, well, (laughs) you're going to die anyway. So here, have a vision for the next 20 minutes. Was it kind of like in the same light as like when Kaya got his vision that they were hoping would like save her life and protect her life? Well, I think we've had a lot of questions about like who decides, who gets a vision, where do they come from? I think this is actually evidence that leads to the theory that it's somehow automatic. And that no one is like watching everyone do certain things and then granting them a vision based on like watching them do something. I think that there's something involving, you know, ambition and will. So it's AI. An AI, basically. <laughs> like I do, like I really, 
it does lend, you know, credence to that idea that like it could just be automatic based on the way someone thinks or feels or something. Yeah. Or could it be fate? And then because she needed to complete that fate, because maybe there's something in the afterlife for people who have visions. Right. Yeah, maybe. Or was it even the adepti who fell in love with her and was just like, no, we killed this cute little girl. Let's <laughs> throw everything at her and see if we can save her. The first thing they tried was throwing a vision at her. It was Cloud Retainer who gave her the vision. And then, then was like, oh, crap, I let her die. Let's bring yeah. her back to life, guys. <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> guys, I might have fucked up. <laughs> I like that we just made like the Adepti like weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> that took a lot to give that to her. And I'm not going to be ready to pop out another one anytime soon. So we need to bring her back. <laughs> right now. They like the littles. They have like a little special place in their heart for the littles. Mm-hmm. Like Yao Yao, who happens to be besties with Chi Chi. Mm-hmm. It, it's like actually really sad because Yao Yao is like very aware of the fact that Chi Chi is a zombie. And she's actually asked Baiju if there's any way to heal Chi Chi. Mm-hmm. And Aww. she's like, you know, like I've asked Baiju if there's a way to heal her. And he told me no. And so I- I've come to the realization that I'm just going to have to constantly be introducing myself to her because she forgets me sometimes. But it's not because she doesn't like me. <laughs> like she's very well aware. And she's also like, a little worried about Baiju. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As most people seem to be. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's slightly concerned about the dude who's constantly falling ill, but fixing people <laughs> also like a total side note but baiju is like very worldly mm-hmm. <laughs> so like baiju uh, as you guys may know actually cured anna or slash anna who yeah! is anthony's sister in monstat yeah <laughs> it is in his in his character teaser that we actually see the him like coming up with a prescription and the guy is like, well, this is for somebody in Mondstadt. And he's like trying to like change up the ingredients because glazed lilies would be so expensive. And the guy says like, I don't know if Anthony can afford this. He's probably going to have to work some extra time. Mm-hmm. Have any of you gotten to where she's actually cured? Oh my God, yeah. She's yeah. such a menace. And then and it's great because then she starts going on, she becomes like an actual adventurer. Yeah, she's just climbing shit and you gotta go save her all over the place. She climbs the top of the fucking cathedral. When yeah. I finally got like the last bit of that like daily quest, and I'm like, what do you mean she's not inside the cathedral? What what what's ha- what I have to what? <laughs> mm-hmm. She's all the way up there, mind you. I know, yeah. (laughs) Like, last week, she was, like, coughing up blood. What the fuck? I hope she gets a vision soon. That'd be cool. (laughs) It'd be be Anna, Jet, and Rana, all three of them together. I mean, Jet needs to get a vision, too. Well, at least Rana already has one. Yeah, Rana already has one. Jet, come on, Hoyo. We know you. Yeah. Give it. (laughs) Give it to us. But also, just so you guys know, back to Baiju's worldliness, he also has heard of and knows of Tinyari. And he's like, can you introduce me? Like, I want to discuss some herbal medicine with him. And I'm like, oh, my God, of course, you know, someone in Sumeru, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm sure he would love to have a contact that could, like, go out and get him, like, Sumerian herbs, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. So I'm not going to introduce the two of them. I don't want to <laughs> give Tinyari more work or Kale more work on that point either. 
Also, I feel like Sino, he would get like the dad sniff of Baiju and he'd be like, mm, stay away from my child and stay away from my husband. <laughs> I don't trust you and I serve justice. <laughs> the fucking dad sniff. What? what? You know, like dads can smell out evil. <laughs> no. Good dads. Good dads can smell out evil. I was like, what? what? He's not evil. Evil. Baiju is not evil. Baiju's a good guy. He's trying to save people's lives. No. <laughs> no. You're like, no, I decided. No. I'm on Hu Tao's side here. No. Oh my God. So Hu Tao, you mean the kidnapper, the literal kidnapper and attempted murderer? Yeah, she's kidnapped Chi Chi how many times? Is it attempted murder if they're already dead? <laughs> if they're undead. It's second degree murder. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it's because they're already dead. They're, they're it's it's murdered to the second degree because you have to do it again. Hu Tao um, has kidnapped her multiple times, and then it's not bad enough that she's kidnapping her and wants to like you know quote unquote set her free or whatever. She literally is like stopped by like re killing her by Baiju as she's like building a pyre to burn <laughs> Chi Chi yeah. alive. Essentially, yeah, it's like, what the. <laughs> it's so messed up. <laughs> like, I'm going to throw her in a fire and burn her body to ashes while she's still conscious. Burning the wrath of dead gods. <laughs> like, I get Hu Tao has a very strict philosophy. But, you know, when your philosophy gets to the point where you have to murder people for it, that's where yeah. I draw the line. Because that's not philosophy. You just want more business. <laughs> this isn't me defending Hu Tao because I definitely agree with you guys. But, you know, for Hu Tao, she doesn't see this as murder. She sees this as balancing out the life cycle almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like putting her to rest. Yeah. She ain't done. She's got shit to do. To her credit, she eventually digs into Chi Chi's past because when she was trying to do this, she didn't know why she was a zombie. And when she does dig into her past, she does end up having a change of heart because she realizes that Chi Chi's will to live must be so strong if she got, you know, the Adepti to bring her back. Right. And that that kind of warrants an exemption of this whole like life death cycle purity that she's obsessed with. And so now she's like completely different and like actually tries to pamper Chi Chi and like be her friend. But Chi Chi, it's like too late. Like she's so traumatized by Hu Tao that. It actually led to a breakthrough with Chi Chi's like terrible memory, where she's actually now able to remember hiding places to get away from Hotel. Yeah, it's like it's it's had to happen too many times. Yeah, like she can't remember Baiju's face half the time, but she remembers hiding places when Hotel comes around. Which I do want to bring up one other undead member of Leeway quickly. So Chi Chi, I and this is really interesting because something I, I've realized with Chi Chi is that those who seem to have some sort of inclination to a special power are attracted to Chi Chi, but also Chi Chi attracts ghosts, apparently. So like Shang Yun believes that there's more to her to being a zombie. And I feel like that means Shang Yun is sensing like the adeptal energy on her, probably because of his, you know, whole Yang situation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Chi Chi has like a ghost stalker that's Dusky Ming. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if everyone remembers Dusky Ming. I remember. Oh I don't remember. Remind me. So Dusky Ming is a little girl who died and haunts Wang Shu in. Oh, I don't remember this. 
So Zhao and Bear both know about her, and she's never caused any issues, so they don't really care. But no one ever told the chef who works at the inn about the ghost. And <laughs> Dusky Min starts, like, messing around with the chef, and the chef calls and for, like, help. And <laughs> we go there, and we help clear out this quote-unquote ghost. But then we piss her off, and she possesses a ruined guard. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, it's a whole thing. And then eventually Dusky Ming, like, says that she'll, like, leave everything alone. But... Chi Chi says that sometimes late at night when she does her stretches, which also I'm pretty sure Chi Chi doesn't sleep. She because first off, she does yeah. her stretches at night, so Hu Tao can't see it. Mm-hmm. But also, it's suggested that like Chi, if you're the traveler with her and you wake up, you could see her stretching. <laughs> but Chi Chi says that like someone else is out there doing stretches with her, and like the voice line literally says about Dusky Ming. visiting chi chi at night doing stretches with her (laughs) i mean it would make sense that she's able to see ghosts you know and she's doing those exercises to ward off rigor mortis yeah (laughs) you know and so baiju will like teach her some different exercises and stuff so she could stay nice and limber i think one of one cute anecdote i think is adorable is that chong chung will sometimes leave baiju and curl up around chi chi <laughs> while she's doing her stretches and she'll do like rep counts for her she'll, yeah. she'll be like one two three mm-hmm. <laughs> while chi chi's doing that yeah like i didn't realize at first that chung chung could leave baiju like yeah i didn't either I was but like, like oh. apparently she's just like peace out i'm gonna go hang out and it like does a lot like i think it's in baiju's friendship stories you you read about like their day so like they have breakfast mm-hmm. in the morning which is always patient because everybody's dropping them off to them and there's always two large portions and one small portion the two larger for baiju and gui and then the small one is for chi chi and cheng cheng whoever decides to actually eat it because i don't think either of them need it but they might poke at it so they feel like they're having breakfast (laughs) and then it's like chi chi and the snake go sit on the front step while people come in for consultations and they try and just they try and like figure out what kind of illnesses people have they're just sitting out there like, hmm, that guy looks like maybe he's got like warts, <laughs> like <laughs> randomness like that, which to me is just so funny. Like you don't think of Shiji having this kind of a conversation other than looking for like a cocoa goat, you know, right. she's not usually like that talkative when it comes to that kind of thing. But yeah, they, they're like BFFs. I know. And I love that Chong Sheng, she, she not only helps Chi Chi with her exercises, but she also gossips about the neighbors with Gui. <laughs> so apparently herbalist yes. Gui is like a massive <laughs> gossip queen. <laughs> and Chong Sheng is just like, girl, let's talk. <laughs> What's the tea? Literally, where's the tea? But I really love that they are just kind of like this little family. And that gossip, I didn't realize how gossipy Liyue was until I was researching this because apparently, you know, eventually it gets out among the community that Baiju is trying to achieve immortality. And so, of course, everyone is suspicious. Like, why was why would he try to do that? Mm-hmm. And everyone starts gossiping about it, and it gets to the point where the Ministry of Civil Affairs in Liyue are actually, like, keeping tabs on him. Okay, Yelon. Yeah. Yeah, and so he has to actually strategically kind of reveal things to gossipers that he has no malicious intent, and he has to do that to, like, get that to circulate in order to get everyone to stop being suspicious of him. Mm-hmm. Also, who leaked that information? Probably Ning Wang's little kids who are running around listening to everybody's mm-hmm. conversation. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Stupid kids. They're probably getting paid for some, from some other people, not just Ning Wang. They were like outside the window and overheard Gui and Chang Chang talking. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hmm, 
could catch me a pretty penny. <laughs> My last note too on Chi-Chi. So Chi-Chi's a zombie, but not like your typical zombie. And we find out that like zombies have to be given orders in order to do things and that they like very specifically and strategically follow orders. But Chi-Chi was never quote unquote awakened as a zombie, which is like very confusing. Like, I guess they never got to do that when she went berserker. (laughs) And then no one awakened her after they found her because probably no one knew what the fuck that meant. Mm -hmm. And Chi-Chi's kind of been told to give herself orders, which I guess in itself is an order. So like Chi-Chi puts herself in charge of things. She's like, all right, we're going to go gather like X amount of herbs today. And there's no way to stop her unless like you basically give her positive affirmations. Yeah. Or hug her from behind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is so cute like baiju will just have to randomly come up and hug her and like say nice things to her <laughs> yeah and doesn't she say somewhere too that like baiju's not the best at like love and affection yeah like she it's knows like, he's not really into it what is it is like a sideway christian <laughs> yeah like she's like sometimes it, he doesn't always work basically so she still does this work <laughs> yeah it's like i gotta go find some more glaze lilies no chi chi holding the <laughs> Not holding, mm-hmm. not a hug. He gave her the little notebook. I'm not sure if you mentioned that when he found her out in the forest and stuff, picking up herbs and gathered her up and brought her home. Her memory was actually a lot worse then, and that the notebook has helped her. So mm. she does put stuff down in there, and that starts to give her a little bit of like an inkling of remembering things and how she starts to call him Mr. Bai. Mm-hmm. Which is so cute. So, but she does put us off on a little like quest the one day, it tells us we need to find a cocoa goat. And we are like, what the fuck is a cocoa goat? And we're trying all everything. And it turns out it's coconut milk. So because she's like, only Adeptile beasts can make it the best. And it's like, there's a cocoa goat that's an Adeptus? Like, what are you talking about, little kid? <laughs> and get this, the Fatui actually helped supply like immense amounts of coconut milk to Leeway because Child basically like at one point like denied Chi Chi cocoa goat milk because he had no idea what the <laughs> fuck she was talking about and <laughs> laughed at her and made fun of her like a jerk yes because he had no idea what she was talking about and then when he realized his wrongs he made sure that there was a plentiful amount of cocoa milk cocoa goat milk yeah a plethora <laughs> uh, and I feel like that's you know child's little like soft side for children reminding him of his siblings but he does make sure that there's a great amount of cocoa goat milk available. <laughs> we just say coconut milk. <laughs> I, no, because every time I go to say coconut, I don't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I just have two quick things. The one thing I wanted to just quickly talk about was how Boo Boo Pharmacy got its name. Yes, it's an interesting story. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> it sounds so silly and like goofy, but... They actually did give it a backstory, which is that in Leeway, a form of divination is practiced, which is to predict peril or ask the gods for guidance. And that divination or art is called Zambu. Oh. <laughs> Zambu and medicine used to be intertwined culturally. 
And then as the years went by, medicine became more and more common and used. But Zambu is also traditionally used in Liyue to divine a blessed day on which to open a new business. Because, you know, this is the nation of contracts, of course. Mm -hmm. But so when Baiju decided to open his pharmacy, that, you know, Zanbu was done or whatever, and they he was given a specific day that's supposed to be like the blessed day for him to actually open shop. And someone ended up like coming and pounding on his door a few days before that because their child or something was sick. And so he went ahead and, you know, healed them. And then he ended up opening his business days early, which is considered very bad luck. And everyone was like, why would you do that? And he was basically like, because I'm not going to let people be sick for longer than they need to just to open on a certain day. And so even though Zambu means divination, just the boo part BU of that word can also mean refusal or negation. And so that's how he decided on the pharmacy's name as he took that BU of like, no, I refuse to do to play by the book and I'm going to do what's right instead. So he called it boo boo pharmacy. So you can kind of say it's the no, no pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the -uh pharmacy. -uh. <laughs> and then the only other thing I had was just a speculation. I think it would be really cool at the end of the game. If Baiju, like if he cannot achieve immortality himself, that if he can find a way to like restore Chi Chi's memory and make her like a fully functioning zombie with like a more normal life and constitution that he could have her take on Changsheng's contract because she already has immortality. Yeah. Shit. So he could die, which I know excites you, Amanda. He could hey. die <laughs> and then just give it, pass it on to Chi Chi and she can live forever with Changsheng. Or he could just talk to Rosaria and ask her how she became such a full functioning <laughs> zombie. Which <laughs> is my thought on it. She like bears her fangs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the name Baiju is actually the common name for the herb called Atractilius macrophella, which is used to like help gastrointestinal issues and like spleen stuff. So he's Pepto? He's Pepto busy. <laughs> <laughs> and did you say herb do you say herb or herb 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 herbal 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 that's funny <laughs> i say herb herbaler yeah i think <laughs> i think so i i think it is a i was just wondering actually if it was a northeast thing that was just an aside <laughs> Depends on the day. The herbs and herbs. <laughs> How do you say basil? Because I know people who call it basil. Yeah. Uh, it's basil. I say basil. But I do want to start saying aluminium because I think it confuses the crap out of Americans. Oh, yeah, I've, I've done that. I started doing that. It's great. It's beautiful. People's it's... minds get like, what? What word is that? <laughs> Even like explaining that it's aluminum. They're like, but that's not what you said. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you added an extra I in there somewhere. There's more letters. <laughs> well, on that note, I do think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, travelers, for coming down this immortality route with us. It's like we got we brought you guys on like some evil dungeon mission with us. It's a great time. If you like this episode or you want to let us know what you'd like to see in the future, you can give us an email at talesofdefotpod at gmail.com. You can feel free to follow us on Twitter, Tales of Devot, or give us a follow on Instagram, Tales of Devot Pod. Next week, we are going to be talking about Rue and Surumi Island. So get them tissues out. Get the ice cream mm. ready. It's going to be a long, sad, sad night. <laughs> <laughs>
Till then, travelers, safe journeys. We'll see you next time. Bye, Herbs. <laughs> we'll see you at uh, Dr. Midriff's. <laughs> Herb, Herb is the, the guy that, the brains that, that Chi Chi <laughs>